Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. This is the word of the Lord. Um, yeah, uh, thanks Ed, for reading our uh, scripture reading. Um, yeah, so uh, we I like to introduce our guest speaker today. Um, as Roy has mentioned, uh, her name is Jenny Hawkinson. Um, just a quick brief intro um, before she uh, comes out and gives a sermon. She's an artist uh, slash urban missionary working with 24-7 Prayer Canada. She has been living, working, and playing the downtown east side of Vancouver for the past 10 years. Um, and she's being affectionately called Jenny on the Block by her friends in the neighborhood. In addition to pastoral street outreach and discipleship, the last year has brought her several opportunities to design murals for the homeless shelters and resource centers. The murals have become unique platforms to share visual prayers and parables to anyone who has eyes to see. She also has a studio and an art studio and is interested in pursuing conflict engagement and peace building work through the wonders of visual art. Uh, so without further ado, um, let's welcome uh, Jenny. Thanks so much, Stephen. Can you guys all hear me? We good? Okay. Um, can I ask a favor that you turn your cameras on so I can preach to faces and not blank black boxes? That would be great. Just want to see a couple faces. All right. So it's really exciting to be here at Lord's Love Church or online with you guys at least. Um, I am actually really surprised that Roy remembered me from so long ago because we've we've had connection back in the days when I worked at Mission Possible. Um, so I might know a few of you. Um, yeah, so it's good to be here again. I'm actually at home in my hometown in Sultan, Washington. Um, so it's a real, um, it's an interesting thing to be sharing um, from my hometown. Uh, so I just want to begin with um, an image of the first mural. All right, so here we go. Um, in 2015, I painted my very first mural with Mission Possible, Servants Vancouver, and Jacob Swell. It was a collaboration with three, these three different mission um, Christian organizations, so Mission Possible, where I met a lot of you people. Servants Vancouver was a Christian community house that I was a part of, um, and Jacob's Wells, a faith-based community. And the objective was to design and paint a mural with community members in the downtown east side that reflected God's heart for our neighborhood. And it was really interesting because um, shortly before I heard about this mural opportunity, I had been praying. I hadn't even been praying. I'd just been thinking like, oh, it would be really great to paint something like a huge project with different people in my neighborhood, but I have no idea how to start that, how to get involved with anything like that. Like, can you get paid for that kind of work? I don't know. And three days later, my friend Yolanda, who worked at Jacob's Well at the time, called me up totally out of the blue 
or what it felt like out of the blue and said, hey, we're doing this project and we need a lead artist. Do you want to do it with us? And it took me less than two seconds to think like, uh, yeah, of course, I love to paint this with you. Um, so I was hired along with another amazing painter. Her name is Kara Bain. And um, it became this huge project um, where we did several workshops in the downtown east side at these different faith-based organizations and in Oppenheimer Park. And we asked people, what do you love about living in the downtown east side? Um, and then conversely, what's really challenging about living in this area? And we got a lot of different answers. Um, a lot of answers about people loved that they lived in a place where there was a strong community um, and where there was a lot of creativity and diversity. Um, that was, those were common themes that kept coming up for us. And so from that care and I designed a piece that spoke to homecoming and belonging and different birds of a feather flocking together, so to speak. Um, so when we were painting it, it took us about three weeks to paint this piece and it became so much more than an art project. The mural became a muster point for gatherings. We had friends come by with their guitars who'd sing us songs. So there'd be impromptu concerts in the space. People would come by with food and we'd have potlucks. Um, anytime someone came by and stood for longer than five minutes, I'd throw them a paintbrush and they would come and join us. So it became a true community project. Um, and throughout the years, so mind you, this is in 2015, so it's been up for a while now, people still talk about it and they can go to the mural and point at exactly which bird they painted or which piece of sky they contributed to. It was honestly, um, felt like a little slice of heaven when we were making it and it gave me an appetite for how art and ministry could be integrated in really creative ways. The reason I'm sharing this project with you is because it was the first time that I felt like my gifts were completely aligned, um, that I was doing what I was supposed to do, what I was made to do. Um, I've, I've, for most of my life, had a pretty clear idea of the direction that I want my life to go in. And I know that that's, that's not always the same for a lot of people. Um, but I've always known that I wanted art, prayer, Jesus, and people or community um, to be a part of my life. However, I didn't know how these things would fit together. So it's been a very faith stretching journey. I don't know a lot of artists, missionaries out there, um, but it, God's taught me a lot in this past 10 years. And one of the things some, a friend was praying for me not too long ago um, and she saw a picture of me in a train um, and the train was going along the tracks, but there was no, <laughs> like, it was really interesting. The tracks were being laid as the train was moving. And so it was this picture of as, as the spirit leads me, like the Lord will reveal the plans. Um, and that's how it's felt for a long time now. And it's not unlike my own creative process. If you're an artist, you know that um, you learn to trust your process because you, you know what you want to make and you had enough practice to know that it will turn out in the end, even if there's a lot of mistakes along the way. 
And maybe that's a word for someone out there. Um, so I'm the kind of person that stays up late at night dreaming about all sorts of God-inspired things, whether it's building new communities, connecting people across the divide. Um, there's many divides out there. Uh, peacemaking, innovation and design, crafting sermons to communicate the truth of the gospel. All my best ideas come at 2 a.m. in the morning. It's so annoying. Um, but I think here's the thing. So I don't think this role of visionary is reserved just for the artist or the church leader, church planter. I think that at the core of every visionary is a stubborn seed of hope. Um, and I totally believe that when we invite Jesus into our lives, that that seed of hope gets planted in us and we're invited into this visionary lifestyle as Christians. And when I talk about hope, the seed of hope, I'm not talking about this fluffy Pollyanna pie in the sky hope where it's like, it makes us feel good because we can look forward to something that hopefully will happen, but we're not sure. I'm talking about John 1 14. Um, this is one of my favorite scriptures, especially as one that lives, um, tries to live out to this in my daily life, that the word Jesus became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I have learned over the past 10 years that um, this verse to me speaks about how as Christians, we don't necessarily get plucked out of areas of suffering. We don't get you know, like it's your free pass. You get to explore life without any pain or hardship. No, instead, Jesus comes into that space with us to be present with us and not just to be present and empathize and say, oh, I feel your pain. I'm sorry you're feeling so bad right now. But he comes to bring redemption and renewal and transformation. Romans 4, 17, um, Paul writes, about a characteristic of God that I also love. God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. We're invited into this kind of faith. In hope against hope, he believed. He's talking about Abraham. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which was spoken. And Abraham is, of course, one of the fathers of faith that we look to. It is this resurrection hope that lives in every believer, every single person watching this video right now. Whether you're an artist, an accountant, a doctor, a stay-at-home parent, whatever the case may be, if you've received Christ, you have allowed him to change the way you think and see. Um, and this is what the world needs right now is we need, or sorry, not we, <laughs> the world needs the children of God to be able to come up with different solutions to um, give them different realities. Come on church, this is a rally cry. So for the past 11 years, 11-ish years, I've been learning to see the way God sees and it hasn't been easy, um, but it's dramatically shifted my prayer life. So in the downtown east side, um, it's quite obvious to see what's challenging in the neighborhood. Um, and people are certainly not shy to share with you what their struggles are and what they're going through. And so I used to find myself always praying like, God, give them an escape. Like, where's the out, <laughs> you know, where's the window that someone can escape from the situation? Like, I don't know how to pray. That's all I know how to pray. 
Um, but instead, God's really been challenging me to, instead of praying what I think someone needs, to ask him, like, okay, God, how do you see the situation? How do you see this person? What do they need right now? Um, and this has been really helpful for my own circumstances as well, because I think I know what's best for me, but that's so not the case. God knows way better than I do. So learning to ask the Lord for his vision and how he wants to meet us, myself, my friend in that place. A common theme throughout scripture is that God makes the wilderness habitable. And I believe that that is something that we're all invited into as well. So if you want to go to the next slide, the verse that was just read before I started, Psalm 68, five to six, I'm going to read it again. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And then this part, you gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it. And from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. Yeah, God, thank you for making the wilderness habitable for us. This theme of home and homecoming has been a really strong, strong theme throughout at least the last 11 years of my art making practice and my ministry. And as an artist, um, I feel like a big part of God's invitation for me is to make the wilderness habitable through, through the visual media and um, whether that be murals or creating beautiful things or creating spaces and home to invite people into, to invite the fatherless, the widows, the, the lonely who need families. If you can go to the next slide. Um, I, in the past little while before the pandemic, a big part of my job was street chaplaincy. And so what that looked like was visiting people in their homes, um, the SROs, which is social, oh, uh, no, that's embarrassing. I just forgot it was single room occupancy. There we go. <laughs> um, or the hospitals or meeting people on the streets and praying and, and just asking God, like, how do you want to encounter this person right now? And um, how can they receive you in this moment? But during the pandemic, that was severely limited. And it was really challenging for me not to have um, the same access that I had before to my friends that are living in the neighborhood. But in that moment and in that place of sacrifice, God made a space for a new expression of prayer through art. And it's so interesting. God is so gracious because this has been something that I've wanted to be able to integrate more into my ministry, but haven't totally always found a way to do it. So talk about a visionary God who is completely unfazed by human limitation. Um, I started receiving all these mural commissions and uh, yeah, they just, each one felt so right. And so I said yes to them. So I'm just going to share a few of them with you right now. And each of them has a deeper prophetic story that I'm not going to have time to tell you too much about. Um, but this is the first one, the first solo mural I did. And I 
was invited by Union Gospel Mission to paint something for their thrift store windows when all of the stores were being shut down in March, 2020. And for me, it was, um, this, this was the first time when I realized like, oh, my prayer is that I want the Holy Spirit to be able to um, bless the space between me and the people that I would normally see every single day. Um, and I just have to trust that, that God can still do the work. Of course, he can still do the work when I can't necessarily be there in person. And so I pulled this line, bless the space between us from an Irish poet named John O'Donohue. Um, and appropriated the hands of Michelangelo's David and or Adam and God um, to just kind of show like, oh, I want to be with you, but I can't, but also God is with you. Um, and I love humor as well. So these fingers, the hands are exactly six feet apart. And it felt like kind of a cheeky little thing to, I don't know, I just thought it was funny. So bless the space between us. Um, next slide. Thank you. Shortly after that mural, UGM came to me again and said that they were opening a women's resource center and they wanted something that was about women's empowerment um, that would encourage the people that are coming into their space. And so with all of my murals, they always start with prayer. So I'll go to a site and I'll, I'll just feel the space and I'll pray like, okay, God, what would you want to say to the people here? What, um, yeah, how do you want to be present in this space with whoever is in it? And I had such a strong sense of wanting to create something that had strength and movement, but was also very peaceful and nurturing. Um, and for me, that like, that's what a woman carries often, not to be gender specific, but um, I had this picture of a rushing torrent of water. Um, and then if you can go to the next slide, I, I wasn't quite sure how to finish it until through prayer a couple days later as I was designing the concept, it just came to me like, oh, maybe I'll make it into a braid. So when you go back and look at the first part, you're not sure if it's water or a braid. And there's that sense of like um, the hands tying everything together or even like God's hands holding, um, holding us and nurturing us. And this piece is called Strong Like Water, which I learned was a Bruce Lee quote. If you can go to the next one. Thank you. I was invited to do an, a mural for the Catholic Charities Men's Shelter. And when they first took me to this space, they said that they didn't, they felt like it looked very prison-like because of the chain link fence and the gate closing behind you as you go in. Um, this is the old St. Paul's, well, the current St. Paul's hospital. Um, and yeah, it was a really interesting client to work with. And the thing I got instantly, like this was a really easy one because I walked in and right away I just felt through prayer, like safe harbor. This is a safe harbor. Um, and if you go to the next one, the image that I had, or I didn't, I don't get the image right away when I pray and design things. It kind of like works itself out. But there was this string, like this really strong 
piece of rope that was the horizon line of all of the murals and then the hands holding it tightly. Um, and there's an ambiguous uh, sense of like, I don't know what this rope is tied to. I don't know if it's tied to a ship, a lifeboat, a person that's trying to swim in the water. Um, but whatever the case, the hands are pulling it in to safety. Um, and it's so cool because after I painted this, I went to visit it a couple times and there's always guys hanging out in that area. And so I'll, I'll get to talk to them and be like, hey, I painted this. And we kind of have a little dialogue about it. Um, but for me, it's a matter of like creating artwork that acts as a parable or a story that people can connect with in their own life. Um, hopefully the spirit can work through even after I'm gone as I paint it. That's called Safe Harbor. Next slide. All right, so I actually did just finish another mural, but I forgot to put it in here. Um, but yeah, I want to return to this one, the nest, because if I don't have as much time to go into each of the ones more in depth, I think this is a good one to stick with. So not long after completing this mural in 2015, I found a home church in the downtown east side. So at the time I was going to a church in Langley, which I'm still connected with and I love them, but it was really difficult to commute so far away and want to bring my friends to church when they had to go on a bus for two and a half hours in total, it just wasn't working. Um, and so I found a home church called Strathcona Vineyard and that became a nest for me in a way. It felt like a homecoming to be able to um, be with people who were more like-minded and also had a similar vision in the neighborhood for bringing people into families. And around that time too, it might've been six to eight months later, I don't exactly remember, but I moved into a community house, which is just around the corner from the nest mural. Um, and it was such a blessing. It was such a, a safe place to be surrounded by other believers and again, to be working towards a common vision. So the Lord's really blessed me in that. And I felt like the nest mural painting, if, if for nothing else, became a prayer for the people in the downtown east side, but also a prayer that I would find my place here in the neighborhood. Um, and I didn't realize my yearning for belonging was so strong, um, but God really revealed that to me through the peace and through the events that happened after that. So I thought like, okay, the story of the nest mural is done. That that's great. Like it's been a good five or six years um, and now I can move on to the next thing. But very interestingly, as I was planning for this sermon for the past couple of weeks, the community house that I've lived in for almost four years sold and we had expected that it would sell, but we thought we might be able to get to stay in the place. Um, but that was not the case. Um, and so when I found out it sold and we all had to leave by November 1st, which is still a couple months away, we've got time. Um, but it really threw me for a loop and the visionary in me started dreaming again. And then the, the part in me that was resistant to leadership and didn't want to dream because I, I just feel like I've been stamped down a lot in the last couple of years, um, just through personal things I've been through. Um, that part of me was like, no, no, stop dreaming. Like <laughs> it's too much work. Don't even go there. 
So it was quite a struggle. And I felt like for at least two weeks, I was wrestling with God um, in that little clearing before you go over the river into the promise. And at one point I told God, like, look, if you don't give me someone to do this with, um, cause I felt like he was calling me to start another community house in the same neighborhood and, and have it as a house of prayer and hospitality and have a guest room that's always open and, and be more accessible to, um, those that are living on the street. So this was the thing that I felt like I was supposed to be doing, but I was so resistant to it. Um, and I told him like, okay, if you don't give me a person to do this with before I leave to go home to Washington, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm just going to move into a place and live my life and not worry about your call. <laughs> like it wasn't that dramatic, but that's what I felt like in the moment. Um, and so shortly after one of my housemates was like, yeah, I want to move in with you. Of course. Like I like the vision and I'd love to do this. Um, and from that point on, I was like, just breathe a sigh of relief. Like, okay, it's going to be okay. Uh, we still need five more people to move into the house, but like God can provide. And, and I was happy with that as the baseline. And I was ready to go home to spend a couple weeks in Washington. And then within a span of a week of praying and like telling God, like, these are the people I think need to move in. Like not these exact people, but this type of people. And what I think if the vision is calling for um, seven different people somehow came onto the scene. Uh, some of them I know, some of them I don't. And we're really excited about the vision and wanted to move in and start this house with me. And I am still blown away. I'm still processing that even as I'm talking to you guys. Um, and so it feels like this nest mural vision has even more life in it. And the most interesting thing, if you can go to the next slide, is that the house that we're gonna be moving into is the closest house you can get to the nest community mural. Like there's no other house that's closer than it. So if you are standing at the mural and looking at the house, you'll see the left-hand corner of the house like a little bit further, but like that's the view that you're gonna get. And I'm just so blown away by God's provision and his prophetic resonance through the artwork that I thought was my idea. Um, and yet it seems that God had such a bigger plan for me. So perhaps you, like me, feel a little bit shy when it comes to stepping into big God dreams. And I think it's safe to say that the pandemic has, has done a number on a lot of us in terms of hope and looking forward to the future and managing disappointment and whatever it might be. Um, I definitely feel like I'm emerging from a long stretch of that. I call it meekness training. But I believe there's an invitation for us as a church, us as those who have, um, yeah, visions that are not not worldly necessarily, to step into this risky space of hope and faith that God is going to carry his part and going to meet us in that place of risky hope. Um, and, you know, it might be easy to say this, but then you might be like, oh, how do I do that? How do I even get there? I still, still feel like if I 
I'll say I want to do this. Like, what if God doesn't meet me there? What if I'm disappointed again? Like, that's a real legitimate fear. Um, but I, yeah, I think that in doing so, in making space for prayer, in wrestling with God, this is where we get that direction. Um, one of my friends, I work for 24-7 Prayer Canada, and we had a meeting a couple days ago, and he said, the prayer space is the dreaming space. And I wrote it down right away because it hit me so strongly. I'm like, yeah, you're right. The prayer space is the dreaming space and the wrestling space. Um, so I really, yeah, I would love to invite you guys into this space right now, the prayer space. Um, and I'd love to end with prayer as well, because I do work for 24-7 prayer, so it feels only fitting. Um, yeah, so let's pray. Yeah, Father God, thank you that you are a father to a fatherless, to the fatherless, that you invite the lonely into families. Lord, I recognize that the last 18 months has been an incredibly difficult season and not necessarily for the same reasons for so many people. And Lord, um, yeah, I just pray for those disappointments or, or the grief or the loss or even just the dreams that we've had that we've put on the back burner because it doesn't seem possible. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you'd show each one a picture of, of what you want to do with all of those disappointments and how you want to meet us in that place. And God, I, I ask that we would be able to approach you with a childlike faith. In Psalm 68, the psalmist just approaches you in complete adoration like a little child approaches their parents they have no reason not to trust their parents pray that we could come to you like that god like little children i pray for a deepening and a restoration of connection with you as our heavenly father um, and lord would you just bless those in the lord's love church with endless creativity um, maybe it doesn't look like creativity in, in the same sense that we might realize or think, but, um, yeah, we just ask that you would release your creativity, Holy Spirit creativity to this community.